Welcome to Chapter 2 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Keith Jennings, CIO at Mass General Hospital and Physicians Organization that partners healthcare. In this segment, Jennings talks about why data is only part of the equation when it comes to population health, why having a structure in place to test and implement innovations can help buy-in, and how they're making process improvement part of the culture. I wanted to talk about um, population health. And yes. um, I know the organization has done some work, but then also wanted to kind of look at, at where you're going in the future. So uh, I guess the best place to start is to talk about where things are now with uh, your population health strategy. Uh, sh- sure. So now I, you know, there, there may be some clinicians who have a slightly different take, right? I have a very IT-centric view here. Um, but I think one of the uh, important things to note is that we here at Mass General and then the rest of uh, partners as well. We were getting into the population health business relatively early. We were one of the uh, participants in the, I, I, you know, again, I, I'm sure other things had some uh, uh, input into the formulation of the ACO strategy, but there was a, uh, a multi-year Medicare high-cost beneficiary program that ran for uh, six or seven years prior to you know, the creation of ACO legislation. And we were... Um, we were early adopters or, or participants in that program, and we learned an awful lot um, as part of that program in developing. Uh, I, I think we proved some of the models that they're trying, you know, that the government is trying to uh, enforce or, or offer in in the uh, industry as part of that. But we also uh, learned a lot about how to do population health management, regardless of uh, government regulation or, or intervention. So we've been at this at a large scale for a long time. Um, and so, you know, this was, you know, second nature or regular business to us um, at this point. It, it's always there's a continuum of things we have to learn, but we started early and kept going. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we were in that Medicare high-cost beneficiary program. We were very successful. We showed we could, you know, spending a little more money up front. And well, I don't want to minimize anybody's um, effort. We really discovered that uh, case managers up front working on with uh, your at-risk patients really seem to be the secret sauce, along with all kinds of protocols and other activities. But uh, it was uh, upfront case management, watching over your at-risk uh, population really seemed to be the thing that bent, bent the cost curve. Now, you've got to pay a little more upfront for those kind of activities because you have a case manager who might actually be working on a patient who hasn't come in for a visit. Um, but, you know, that seems to be... My, from my non-clinician viewpoint, that seems to be part of the component. Then you have to back up everything else, those protocols and things that they do with um, information systems and, and other you know, protocols that assist them in either preventing, uh, minimizing, or improving the care that, that happens after that. So we, we ran a big program here at Mass General as part of that high-cost beneficiary project. We succeeded after three years, rolled it out to... Um, the Brigham and North Shore Medical Center, another one of our, uh, more of our community-based but very large facility, uh, and then Newton Wellesley, a smaller community hospital, and into our um, primary care network, which used to be called Peachy but is now PCPO, um, where they are doing s- similar things. We wanted to see if we could, exp- you know, it, it might work in a central core with, you know, concentrated resources, but could we do these things at scale in you know, less central locations, and it turned out we can. So we built a lot of, um, you know, history and uh, protocol and function in this area. 
We we were a pioneer. I think I guess we still are a pioneer ACO once that those programs uh, came on board. Um, so when you look at organizationally our structure, we have many of those programs that started um, as part of our high-cost beneficiary work, but we ha- have established a at the enterprise level or at the health system level a uh, a department or program for population health management that is uh, now driving you know enterprise-wide. Uh, programs, policies, you know, uh, data warehousing, those kind of activities to provide uh, analytical capability in support of um, programs at our uh, major facilities here at the Mass General, the Brigham, our community hospitals, and out in the um, physician practice commu- uh, network. Okay. There's a lot of talk, and rightfully so, about having to, uh, you know, having the, the uh, enterprise data warehouse and all of that in a in place, but seems like it's also really important too to kind of to, to go through what you guys did to be able to have that knowledge as far as you know maybe maybe training and 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 staffing and you know the other aspects of uh, of population health and what actually gets results. You know, I really think that's that's right, Kate. The uh, you probably need both. Data gives you a certain amount of things, and I don't want to. Um, dismiss that, but I think the, you know, data warehouse in, in that sense really provides you with, um, you know, additional value, but you, you really need that, that core set of services, whatever they're going to be, and it, depending on the type of care provider you are, you, th- those may be different things, whether you're a, you know, a tertiary care facility or a, you know, a, um, a primary care network, you, you might approach population health in somewhat different fashion, but I, I think, you know, key is the resources and protocols that you're going to, you know, use with your um, target population, and then the data one backs up what you've done, and then eventually allows you to improve and create new protocols. But uh, you know, back in the day, and I'm, I'm going to forget who who wrote it, but uh, when I was doing some re- research and trying to figure out how we might take our early steps, you know, I read a, an article by someone who said, "Man, you know." You can probably, if you ask any of your clinicians, you can identify your sickest patients. You know, you don't need a big system. You could probably use a spreadsheet, right, mm-hmm. to track a handful of them. And you could, you can start denting the curve just by addressing those guys or those yeah. patients first. Um, and I, I actually believe that that's true, right? You can, there's a handful, you know, the 80-20 or 90-10 rule, I think, really exists in this space. There's a handful of patients that you can go after and provide a set of services around and, and start bending the curve right away and get some successes. And then you can, um, you know, in parallel or even in serial, um, build some more of that um, structured and data-heavy services later. Right. And now with, with having, a, you know, a department dedicated to population health, is that something where you hope to just kind of really keep that, that training going and, you know, applying all the lessons learned to, to keep learning more about how to uh, approach this, the problem? Y- yes, a- absolutely. I, I think uh, I don't want to speak for them, um, but I, I believe that that's really their, their core value, right? They're providing data and then they're also providing a set of, uh, you know, a, a cookbook, a recipe book, for example. But, you know, the truth is it's not one size fits all. Um, again, the, the things that we can do and the service we can offer here at an academic medical center with a large, you know, on-campus physicians organization are slightly different than a, you know, a community hospital or a, uh, you know, pr- primary care or specialty uh, provider out in the community. 
but they all they can inter interrelate in certain fashions. Some of it's reusable. Some of it needs to be uh, specific for the location and the type of you know disease. Whether you're really looking at uh, you know higher risk older patients or younger patients with cancer, you you need a set of protocols um, both for you know the disease state or patient you know types that you're working with as well as for the you know the physical location and the the density of either patients or um providers but you know that that's the reason we have this this hub who can you know take best practice and distribute it across uh, the organization and you know one thing will work in one place and you got to try something else in another but um that, I think that's the whole purpose behind the the program right. okay it'll be interesting to see in the next few years what turns out with that <laughs> Oh, we're we're succeeding. There's a there was a article in the Globe. We've we are we're saving money and providing better health care. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. I, I think that uh, it seems like it's safe to say that there there's definitely a, a culture of of innovation at uh, you know at Mass General and at Partners and um, some of the things that I'd, I'd read about um, being done that that kind of strike me are just things like doing. Um, uh, the mobile health hack, uh, I think that, that that's really interesting and maybe something that doesn't require a huge effort but could, could get results. And is that just kind of an example of, uh, you know, just trying to look, look, think outside the box a little bit? Sure. So in truth, and one of the things that I really like about working here at, um, at Mass General at a large academic medical center is I'm a uh, recovering programmer. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I have a... Uh, I have a viewpoint of man, you know, any problem we we can probably build something to fix. And you know, I really like working here at an academic medical center where uh, there is a research and innovation. Clearly, we do medical, you know, and and basic science. We have a very large research enterprise that uh, you know looks at uh, basic science, and then we we have uh, clinicians developing new protocols and new drugs and artificial hips, all kinds of things across here, which is very an exciting environment and, you know, fosters this kind of activity. We also have uh, folks who research um, and explore and invent in, in the IT space in healthcare. Well, a lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of that happens actually in our, in our clinical domains and not necessarily in corporate IS. Um, at a minimum, we're, we're exposed to them. We often, you know, help um, and support them in those activities. And then, in truth, in corporate IS, we do a reasonable amount of that as well. So we, we actually have a, uh, it, it's just for me, because those are, you know, that's sort of my dessert. Um, I, I spend a fair amount of time dealing with complaints about the email system being slow, but yeah. and also a fair amount of time I get to work on um, next generation um, and cutting edge uh, programs, processes, and protocols, and, and my staff as well. You know, I'm actually kind of excited. Someone who works for me just got, uh, uh, again, in my corporate IS department, um, will be a author on two um, you know, peer-reviewed research studies. And okay. I think those are fantastic opportunities uh, yeah. you know, for folks in an IT department. Yeah, definitely. So, again, you know, a couple of examples um, here at Mass General. We, have, uh, we actually have a group called the um, laboratory, laboratory of Computer Science. We know it internally as LCS. And in fact, those are the folks, um, if you're old enough, people may know the, the language called MUMPS that is now um, Intersystems Cache. Well, that, that M in MUMPS, the first M is for Massachusetts General, um, utility, multi-purpose, something, language. But so it was invented here by the Lab of Computer Science 
20 or 30 years ago. In fact, someplace in my messy office, I have um, just has been passed down by the CIOs. I have some of the original specification documents for the uh, you know when when Octo Barnett and others decided, created that language. So we have a rich history of um, those kind of things here in the labs. Computer science is still here, um, doing you know amazing things in. Um, in research, both you know down to the you know usability level, but also uh, new techniques for um, presenting data and analyzing data, and they occasionally spin out um, startups that go off in other places. Um, another exciting program or you know different department here, we have our uh, Heart Center has uh, created a uh, transformation lab um, that has got uh, a reasonable amount of funding, both from uh, internal and external. Um, supporters, and they are looking at ways to use information to, to create an incubator to to enable clinicians who have good ideas about you know tools that we could offer to patients or tools we can use to provide better care um, to provide an incubator space for them. And then it, this is one of those cases where what I've done is I've got um, I've uh, ensured that they are in full contact with my uh, corporate resources, both developers and data analysts and others, who can um, support them as they uh, go after these endeavors. And it's turned out to be a fantastic combination um, of, you know, exposing clinical folks to uh, IT folks who can help them uh, turn their their thoughts or dreams into, you know, practical applications. And it's it's really exciting uh, that the Transformation Lab has got uh, great support across the institution. And it just, you know, again, for my for my folks, sometimes it's a lot of work, but it's also this is one of those, you know, it's dessert, right? They get to yeah. they get to play a little bit with something different in support of these these folks, and they get to rub shoulder to shoulder with, uh, you know, world class clinicians trying to solve the next generation set of problems. Right. So it's it's exciting and really enjoyable for uh, you know myself and the staff. And I guess that it, it seems like kind of needs to be this this understanding that you know anybody can present an idea, anyone can come, can come up with an idea because you really just never know where the great <laughs> where the next great idea is going to come from. Even something simple that turns out to be, you know, really beneficial. Yes, I'd like to mention two other things that again we also these are ones that in IT we tend to support as opposed to lead. But um, our patient care services department has created, so we have uh, 39 clinical services, I think, here at the, at the hospital. Um, patient care services, uh, in conjunction with, you know, with, with the, their physician colleagues and others, have, have identified 12 of those floors or services as um, innovation units. Where, where you know a floor that for a variety of reasons, either because of the their patient flow or because of the you know the, just the temperament and the way the the flow works, um, identified a couple of these 12 uh, units who are willing to embrace um, and, and can tolerate you know the change and the risks that happen when you try and innovate, um, and they they run this fantastic um, program where we identify we have units where. They are very accepting of of trying new things, and again, once once they give it a try, if it turns out it's a you know it's a winner, we quickly then can roll it out through the other innovation units, and then once it's battle tested, roll it out across the hospital. And it's just a um, fantastic um, fantastic program, and it really to your question about does anyone have a good idea? It's it's this type of program that allows anyone to, you know, hey, I gotta, we can move patients faster through our burn unit, or here's a way that we can turn beds over quicker and, you know, get the patient out of, the next patient out of the ED faster, and they, they roll these through the, uh, the innovation units. And then it, it's very inclusive um, who gets to participate. 
and then one other program we have, and I, you know, we, uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget who we copied it from, but uh, there's a, a gentleman out at, geez, Intermountain Health, who used to run a performance, uh, you know, improvement seminar, um, and he's very famous. Uh, forgive me for forgetting his name. We at at partners, not just Mastermind, but at partners, um, used to send. We sent a couple of people out there, and then it we we liked it so much, we sent you know. 10 people the next year, and we sent 50 one year, and eventually the gentleman out there said, you know, um, <laughs> you, you guys could do this back home. Why don't you, <laughs> you're sending enough people, why don't you stand up your own program? And right. uh, some folks here did, and we set up our own, we call it CPIP, Clinical Process Improvement Program. And what it is, it's a formal program where um, the clinicians of, well, you know, doc, nurse, visit, uh, PA, mid-level, can apply with a project in mind, and they, we, we set up a, a program, a fairly intensive program, um, you know, a two or three months program with meeting two days every other week or so to teach uh, clinicians who are interested in doing small or large scale, but mostly small scale process improvement projects, uh, methods for doing that, you know, fishbone studies, how do you solicit feedback, how, what kind of statistical process modeling do you want to use to, so you can evaluate whether your um, intervention you know, has changed anything. This very kind of rigorous model and process, and we keep running classes. We run, I think, two classes a year of clinicians through this, and so we are sprinkling you know, trained process improvement folks throughout the institution and let them identify, and then they have the tools to um, to create and monitor, and then, if necessary, you know, share the improvements that they've proposed. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at HealthSystemCIO.com/podcast.